0: Hello Pastor Justin, hi Rick, and the Heritage of Faith men. I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and pray blessing on you and your household. I was having some grapes the other day and they're called seedless grapes. I begin to think about that, seedless. If I'm not mistaken, that means that when you put that grape in the ground, it actually won't produce anything, there's no seed in the grape. Seedless. Seems to be how much of the church is in our culture today. You see, from a seed, and the whole kingdom of heaven is seed-based. Because from a seed comes the DNA of the plant. We were called, you and I, to be fruitful and to multiply, and that our lives would be shown by the fruit. What does that mean? That means we gotta be full of seeds. We can't be seedless grapes. We have to be Seeded mint. What does that look like? When you put a apple seed in the ground and you cover it up, you don't expect that seed to become dirt. You know by by your experience, and you know by what you've read and and everything that you've studied that when you put the seed in the ground and if you tend it properly, that seed produces fruit, and the fruit it produces is what's in the seed. If it's an apple seed, it produces apples. So Daniel, look at the life of Daniel. Daniel was put into a bad culture. But he was like a seed. And the seed, he had the DNA of God in him. And when he was put into that culture, he didn't become the culture. He produced the fruit of the presence of God in his life. So it's true. And this is why we do men's meetings. It's why we disciple men. Because when you and I become like seeds of Christ into culture, a man who's discipled doesn't become the culture. When he's put into a situation, he's got the seed and the DNA of the kingdom in him. And that's what changes everything. So, hey, let's not be mushy little seedless grapes. Let's be seeds that when we go out of here into culture, we produce fruit that changes the future of the world. I commend you for getting together. And I want to challenge you with this. Bring somebody else next time. Bring somebody else the next time after that. And then bring somebody else the next time after that. Every single man in your sphere of influence needs to hear what's being taught. In these meetings, God bless you. I love you. I'm proud of you. Thank you, Pastor Justin, for being committed to raising up strong men. We know that strong men make strong families, and strong families build a strong church. And God bless you, Rick, and everyone else there who are friends. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Woo! Isn't that awesome? You know,
1: um, you know. Uh, have you heard of Edwin Lewis Cole? Well, that's that's his son. And uh, Bruce is with us, and he's a part of it, and one of the directors for Christian Men's Network. So thank you for being here, Bruce. And and, um, and you know, and Edwin Lewis Cole. Just uh, I remember one of the first time I, I saw him. I was living in Maryland and hadn't been born again that long. And I, I saw him on BVOV with Kenneth Copeland, and and that's actually the first time I saw him. And then then from there with maximized manhood. And there was a book that that, um, changed my life, um, you know, years ago. And, and actually before my wife and I got married, we actually read it together and it was called the irresistible husband because she was wanting something irresistible. And, and so, so I, so I knew, I knew I had some work. I knew there needed to be some work done in me. And, and so, and so we, so, so we, we, we dove in that together. And and just as we, as we grew before we got married, just because of, of this is what I'm, this is what I'm desiring to be. This is, this is what the kind of husband I want to be. This is the kind of man I want to be. This is the kind of minister, this kind of pastor I want, to be and and so I appreciate the Christians Men Network um, and, and 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 Dr. Cole his son and, and that ministry and reading a book by um, him um, that that uh, Troy gave me about daring and looking forward to hearing more from him and and hopefully in the future we'll have him out here to minister to us as well and um, be and also at, at some point being a part of. Um, the Lion roar conferences that they do in this area and and so forth and so so i 'm so glad that you 're here because because you you have they said you have DNA on the inside of you to change the world you know uh, you know you if you made Jesus the Lord of your life you are born again you 're saved you 're a new creation meaning god 's placed part of himself down on the inside of you and it 's not just to stay with you but it 's to affect the world around you, Amen, is to affect the world around you, and and that's what going to the next next level men's ministry is all about about us going to the next level. Why? Because just what he said: strong men make strong churches, strong fa- strong strong families make strong churches, and I believe strong churches make strong communities. You know, uh, Doctor Savell and I were having a conversation a number of years ago, and 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 being a part of the church that we are, I, you know, I was talking to him about being a church that is a convention mentality. Versus being a church, being having a church that's a church mentality. And he asked me what's the difference between the two. I said, with a convention mentality, it's kind of like you have that attitude of, well, I don't really get planned it. I just come here who I want to preach and hear who preaching, and I just you know hear the word, but yet but yet there's an, a level of involvement that lacks. But 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 he said, Well, what in your opinion, what's a church mentality? I said, Well, a church mentality is the church changes the culture of the community. Amen. Yes, amen. So if we're gonna change the culture of the community. It has to start with what's on the inside of us. And so, and that's why we've been talking this year has been our theme this year is breaking the mold, breaking the mold. And, and that's what we're, we're breaking outside of the mold. You know, Romans chapter 12 tells us not to be conformed to this world. The Phillips translation says, don't be adapted and molded after the world but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So that's what we're, that's what we're called to do. That you got born again, but you know what? There's some transformation that takes place. You know, I got born again January 23rd of 1993. And you know what? I'm so glad I don't think the same way I did you know, th- that many years ago. I'm so glad I think different than I did in 1993. You know what? Because if I still thought the same, I would not be where I am today. You know what? I'd still be addicted to pornography. I'd still have I'd still have so many more insecurities and so many more fears and and so many more issues with with, with with acceptance and but you know what I, I got born again so you know Jesus did something about us being born again you know what you can't do anything about being born again but, but by by receiving it by faith but after we get born again there's this process that we have to we have to enter into and it's the part of being transformed how many people want to be transformed. You want to grow into something. You want to be in a different place this time next year. You know, I don't know about you, but I want to be in a whole different place this time next year. I want to think different. I want to live different. I want to preach different. I want to minister different. I want to love different. You know, I want to walk different. I want to parent different. I want to discipline different. I want to be different in my life. And I know if that's going to be the case. then you know what? There needs to be some adjustments in me, some adjustments in me. So next level men, our main pursuit is being men of character. That, that's, our, that's our main pursuit. And you have a, you have a, um, a form there. And I want to read our, our, our statement of faith, our motto, so to speak. And let's read it together. It says this. Our purpose, read it with me. Our purpose is to create opportunities for the men of heritage to come together, to connect, grow, get free, and go to the next level, level in life. Our attitude is this. We refuse to go back, give up, or plateau. We will rise and be the champions we were created to be. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. That's our... You saw it on the screen. That's not in your paper. Sorry. Some of you looking in your paper. I'm sorry. The statements of faith are... But I'm sorry. We were looking. Where are you reading? <laughs> sorry. I should have said, look up on the screen. That's our motto there. So, so just don't pay attention to the guy with the goatee. But um, I'm even growing in hair. So it's... Uh, so, uh, so anyway, let's look at our statements of faith, and this is on your paper. Let's read these together. <laughs> Step up, be a man of action. Assume it is your job in your moment. Hate apathy, reject passivity, refuse to live as a spectator in life. Speak out. Silence in the midst of sin is a sin. Be courageous. Fear God, not man. Speak the truth in love. Stand strong. Don't give in when you're challenged, attacked, or criticized. Above all, refuse to compromise. Stay humble. Be vigilant against pride. Get the log out of your eye. Don't think less of yourself. Think of yourself less. Serve the king. Seek first his kingdom, his glory, his righteousness. Hope in the eternal and live for a greater reward. Amen that's our statements of faith that's what we're about that's what that's what I, our what I'm saying when when I, when I say these things I'm not just saying this is what I want you to be this is what I'm saying this is what I want to be this is this is this is when I when I pray over the over you this is what I pray over you the men of heritage this is what they are this is and this is what they do this is how they live amen, amen. hallelujah just say it's who, it's who I am hallelujah hallelujah so this is lesson four that we've been dealing with this year and I'm not going to take, go back and review the first three uh, sessions, kind of had a lot of influence based on that Irresistible Husband book, and I'm going to start dealing with another topic tonight, and it's really going to be, going to go over the next three months, we're going to dive into this and unpack this, and it's, it's, it's dealing with integrity. You know, talking about being men of character, you know, to be men of character, I believe there's six principles, or six things that we need to acquire in our life, and I'm sure there's probably more. But I believe if we' be men of character, you know first of all, it comes down to being the principles of integrity. It comes down to honesty. it comes down to loyalty, it comes down to self-sacrificing, accountability and self-control. I believe these six principles form and cause us to be men of character. But I believe the foundation of all these lies under this word integrity. Say integrity.) integrity. If you have your Bibles, turn to, to 2 Peter. 2 Peter. And, and tonight, my goal is to, to define what integrity is. And to kind of just, how will it benefit your life? I'm not going to go into great detail. Like I said, I'm just laying the foundation. and We're going to unpack this in the months to come. But I believe integrity, I believe, is is probably one of the... You know, if you read leadership books, you read success books, and you're going to see a lot and hear a lot about integrity in, in some aspects. If you read John Maxwell and certain ones and, you know, different ones, if you talk about, well, how, what brought success in your life or, you know, how did you become, you know, this great CEO? And, and, and some of them are going to have this principle of integrity somewhere in that. And, but for the most part, if you look at pop culture and you look at society, integrity is not talked about. Integrity is not something is discussed. You know, you're not going to hear a lot of, um, people stand up on the, um, the music awards and, and talk about, you know what? It was, it was, what, what's the foundation to your success? Well, you know what? It was the integrity that I had. Most, most people, they don't equate success with integrity. Right. Most people don't even know what integrity is. It's it, there. There's this thing. It, it's it's a it's a forgotten thing. It's a it's a thing that it's it's a it's a force. Integrity is a force that 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 the, that the world does know nothing about, nor does it talk about it because they don't understand it. And so, let's define integrity. Number one, it's steadfast adherence adherence to a strict moral or ethical code. Integrity is a steadfast adherence to a strict moral or ethical code. Number two, it's the state of being unimpaired. It's soundness. The state of being unimpaired or its soundness. Number three, it's the quality or condition of being whole or undivided. It's completeness. Number four, it means to be upright or blameless. John Maxwell defines integrity as the state of being complete and unified in his book, Developing the Leader Within You. He also says, the secret to rising and not falling is integrity. The secret to rising and not falling is integrity. You know what? Our ministry is about, men's ministry is the next level men's ministry. See, we're, we're, we want to rise. But the secret to rising and not falling is integrity say integrity integrity it's so important if we're going to be successful if we're going to be a successful men. whether whether we're, you're talking about in your finances you're talking about as a father you're talking about as a husband you're talking about in ministry whatever it is there needs to be this foundation that we build this life of character on and it has to start with integrity it needs to start with this integrity this is so important it's so vital you know, I, you know, most of the failures in my life, or I'd say all the failures in my life, came down to an integrity issue in my life. If I messed up any area of my life, I could look back at it, was, it was an integrity issue. You know, it was a, it was the, you know, telling half truths issue. It was a, it was a, it was a compromise issue. It was, it was, well, you know, I'll just, I'll just do it one more time. It was that kind of issue. So, so if I look back at any failures in my life, you know, that it really, the core of it came down to something was wrong in my foundation. Something was wrong in my foundation. Now let's look here at second Peter chapter one. Verse 3, it says, According as His divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Man, that's something to praise God about, isn't it? His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Meaning, you know what? There's nothing that I'm lacking. There's nothing that, that is not available to you or me. No matter where you are in your life right now, you need to know that you've been given everything, say everything. everything, everything that pertains to life and godliness, you have access to it. It's right at the fingertips. It's right, it's right, it's, 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 right, it's available to you. It's, it's not something that, that, that you're having to work for. It's available to you. And it became available to you the day and the moment that you made Jesus the Lord of your life. Everything that pertains to life and godliness was made available to each one of us. Amen. Then it says, through everything has been given unto us. All things pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that called us to glory and virtue. The Amplified says... Knowledge of him who called us by and to his own glory and excellence. Who called us by and to his own glory and excellence. The complete Jewish Bible says this. God's power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Through our knowing the one who called us to his own glory and goodness. So you've been called by and to glory and virtue by his glory and virtue this isn't this isn't you trying to live by your glory and virtue but you've been called to live by and to now you know understand this or just just walk with me i'm just laying some foundation tonight so you've been called to glory and virtue Meaning, meaning I've been born again and I've been given everything that pertains to life and godliness, but it was all for one intent for because I'm called to live at a whole nother level. I'm not called to, to live the same way I always live. I'm called to live in a whole nother level. I'm called by into glory and virtue. The word glory there means honor. We know honor to be something that's heavy, something that's weighty, something that's valuable. And the word virtue there means moral excellence. Or we could translate that to be integrity. So we are, you are called to integrity. This is something that you're called to. This is something that, that you and I, when he, we got born again, we were called to live so different than the rest of the world. We were, why? Because we were called to live by His glory. In his virtue, meaning, meaning when I got born again, all of a sudden he, he reached down to me. Hebrew talks about that. He reached down to a helping hand and he lifted me up. Right? Right. Not for me to continue to live the same way I always lived, not to continue to think the way I always think, but he called me to live on a whole different level. He called me to think on a whole different level. But you know what? It takes. This is the whole aspect of renewing the mind of saying, you know what? God's created me for something greater than pornography. God's created me for something so much more than alcohol. He's created me for so much more than anger. He's created me so much more than just making money. He's created me for so much more than just, just obtaining success. Because you know what? Everything that you have in the natural is temporary. Oh, but what God's already done in you and what God's placed in you is forever. It's eternal. That's right. Hallelujah. Praise God. You've been called to this. This is, this is part of your DNA. And this is what, what Jesus is saying and what he's saying to us, men, I want you to come a little farther. I want you to come a little farther in the journey. I want you to step out a little bit more. I want you to, to shake off things that might be hindering you. I want you to come a little bit farther because I have something more for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've been called to glory in virtue. Thank you, Father. Verse 4 says, "...whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust." That you might be partakers of divine nature. You have access to a whole new nature. You know, but too often the enemy, the God of this world, will want to blind you to keep you thinking that you're always going to be that way. Right. And then eventually the enemy in society, because integrity, it, then they're going to say, well, it's okay to be that way. But, but Jesus says, no, I want you to come up. I want you to come up to my way of thinking. Partakers of divine nature... Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Because of this divine nature, I don't have to be subject to what everything else is going on in the world or around me. Verse 5, and besides this, and besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Now, now we just talked about we're, we're born again in here, right? If you're not born again, we can fix that right now. So, so he says, and with all diligence, what is diligence with earnestness, with, with intense desire, with all diligence, with intense desire, add to your faith virtue. You see, everyone's been given the measure of faith. So, so he's saying, you've accepted, you've accepted me, right? Because that's how we became partakers of this divine nature, right? So here now he says, Now with all diligence, meaning with everything that you have in you, now that you're born again, I want you to add something to it. Add to your faith virtue and your virtue knowledge and your knowledge temperance. Hallelujah. Or your, uh, your temperance, temperance and pa- temperance patience, into patience godliness, into godliness brotherly kindness, into brotherly kindness charity. Now, let's stop there for a moment. Now, if you, you have this faith, all right, now with all diligence, with haste, with speed, with, with desire, add virtue to your faith. You see, sometimes we get this idea or some, sometimes it's taught that once you get born again, that's, that's all, that's, you're done. Well, no, like I said, salvation was taken care of with Jesus. You'll never do anything to earn salvation, but this is about your purpose. This is about a fruitful life. This is about winning souls into the kingdom. This is about fulfilling what you were created for. This, this is about tapping into something that is beyond you. This is, this is tapping into His strength. It's tapping into to why you were created. And so, so the thing is, is yeah, it's still through grace. But it, what are we doing? We have to. He's wanting us to add something to it. Add to your faith virtue. Add to your faith. Meaning, you know what? Meaning there's something that I have to do. There's something that I've, as a man, I'm required to do if I want to see a fruitful life. And he tells me, I've got to add virtue. Now, now, let's look at this for a moment. We, you like cake? You like brownies? You like cookies? Just on the weekends. Just on the weekends. Just, just when I'm not on keto. So... Man, I had so many sweets this weekend. Wow! Now, 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 think of this. Okay, you've been called to glory and virtue. You know what, Betty Crocker, Betty Crocker called this to be yellow chocolate, yellow cake with with chocolate icing. That, that it was called to. It was called to be that. You know that, that, that everything, everything that. You need, or everything that it needed, to fulfill its purpose was inside this box. And so, so it's been called to be yellow cake. And look at that chocolate icing. Mm, mm, mm. Man, man, brownies, fudge, fudge brownies, everything for them to be. A fudge brownie is on the inside of it already. It's it's already in the box. If you want chocolate chip cookies, I mean here they are. Oh man, but man, how do those chocolate chip cookies taste? How do they how do they taste? I can only imagine. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. But think, but think about it. It's, it, it, it's, it's. But God, God sees greatness on the inside of you, and, and you know what He's saying things, man. If you could only imagine what's on the inside of you. But a lot of times in life, you know, I believe, I believe integrity is the missing ingredient to success. You know what? It's, you know, I can, I can, you know what? I don't feel like going to the store to get vegetable oil. You know what? Let me just throw some water in there. And, well, I only have two eggs. Let me just do two eggs. Now, is, is, is it going to fulfill what it's been called to do? It'll be incomplete. Why? It's missing an ingredient. And often in life, we're wanting to see great things in our life. We're wanting to see amazing fruit out of our lives. We're, we're wanting to make a great impact in the kingdom. We're wanting God to use us in amazing ways. And, and the thing is, is God's saying, saying, hey, add to your faith virtue. And your virtue, add temperance. And, and I mean, we could unpack every single one of these words, but, but, he, but he said, if these things be in you, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. But but think about that. Here, it, it, you're, this is what you're called to. You're called to greatness. You're you're called to the sweet life. You're you're called to amazing things. But but how how many? What, what do you think might be? What do you might think be keeping back from from stepping into even greater things? You know what? I've, I, God has not been my biggest problem. And You know what? Satan has not been my biggest problem. It's been me. I've been my biggest problem. Oh, and I'm so grateful that he restores. I'm so grateful that he restores. I'm so grateful that that when I when I went off my path, I'm so grateful that God could God could look down years later and put me back on a right path. I, I'm so grateful for that. But want to encourage you. If we're gonna go to the next level, let's let's add. Let's add integrity into our life. Hallelujah. Who want who wants some cake? Who wants some cake? Whoa. You want brownies? You want brownies? There's your Thomas cookies. There you go, JJ. Now you better ask your mom before you eat those. <laughs> you know, so, so these are, that's what we're called to. But if you take out one ingredient, you just take it. Well, it's just one ingredient. It's not going to fulfill what it's supposed to be and what it's supposed to, what it's supposed to do. And this this has to be something big that we, as men, and I want to challenge you, and we're going to be challenged over the next several months, of what integrity is. What integrity is and and what it accomplishes in our life. Because here it tells us in verse 8, it says, For if these things be in you, and they abound. Say abound. Abound. Man, do you like the sound of that? If these things be in you, These things, it's, you know what, it's like, well, you know what, I I walk in love. Well, I'm glad that you walk in love, but that was the last one. Well, I'm glad you walk in kindness, but, you know, that was the second to last one. What about patience? What about self-control? You know, what about these things? So, so a lot of people are wanting success and, and, and all these different things. But, but here, what we have, if these things, if these things be in you, not, if these things be in Tommy, No, if these things be in you, if these things be in your pastor, no, if, if these things be in you, the, these things are in you, if these things are in you, you are responsible for the success in your life. And you are where you are by the decisions you made yesterday. And the decisions you made yesterday were probably on the level of wherever your integrity was. Well, that's right. If these things be in you and abound, they make you neither that you shall be barren nor unfruitful. Wow. So think about it. So if these things are in me, I will not be barren. Man, if integrity is in me, I'll be fruitful. Man, for these things be in you and abound. They make you that neither shall you be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of God or in the Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off. And he's forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. But if these things aren't in you, you're going to forget that God is who changed your life. And you're going to forget. You're never going to get out of that cycle. That cycle. That cycle of sin really ends up being a cycle of shame, which being a cycle of guilt, which being a, a cycle of, of feeling unworthy and feeling unrighteous and, and, and being what God's created you to be. Verse 10. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. The word sure there means established. Make your calling, calling and your election sure make your calling and your election sure meaning it's stable it's fixed why because these things are in me Your calling the reason why god called you that he's elected you that he's selected you make it sure how are you going to make it sure when you have you understand integrity you understand patience you understand self-control you understand love you understand kindness if these things be in you man it's going to cause you to be stable You know, I had a a minister, you know, um, when I was in Bible school, and he taught taught us this. And he said, you know what? He said, he goes, charisma can only get you so far. He said, after that, you better have something to say. You know, charisma can only take you so far and you can only tell so many jokes. You can only, but, 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 but as a pastor, you eventually, and as a minister, people are going to look at your life and say, is that someone I can, I can eat from or receive from? So, so, you know, it's not just charisma. We as as ministers, as men it's not how likable you can be, but do you have character? Do you have character or do you have something? Do you have strength behind your name? Hallelujah. A good name. A good name. Not about you, but I want to create a good name. Maybe, maybe, maybe your family or your family before you, maybe, maybe not have a didn't didn't create a good name for your family. But you know what? You can be the one that changes the reputation of that name. You can be the one that that all of a sudden changes the character and changes the history and changes the future. And it all comes by building upon character, which is established upon integrity. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Say I'm a man of integrity. Hallelujah! You know, when I first started, I started working with and serving um, Dr. Savell in 1999, and been here since, and worked in all aspects of the ministry. Um, I mean, when I first moved to Texas, I would come out and volunteer at EMIC five days a week, and I worked in the youth out there. And uh, a number of years, and the Lord called me and told me to come to Heritage. And some of you told me the story. Some of you heard me tell the story how I didn't want to come to Heritage; I wanted to stay at EMIC and. And the Lord told me, he goes, well, he said, for you, Justin, church is no longer about your choice, but it's where I've called you to be. Right. And little did I know that I'd actually be the pastor of this church one day. And, and so, so it was just an interesting journey. But the, the, the whole aspect is, 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 is through that God's placed, you know, you know people in my life. And, 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 and Dr. Savell. Man, after I, you know, started working at the ministry, and I traveled, and and then traveled with him, did book tables and conventions, and and traveled. We'd be we'd be maybe twenty-one different churches in a month, you know, month after month after month, and and um, going in and out of the churches, and it and it seems like I'd say ninety-five percent of the time, when any minister, whether the church was twenty-five or whether the church was twenty thousand, it didn't matter the size of the church, you know, it didn't matter the pastor. Would before they introduced Dr. Savell and say, you know, it'd say two things. You know, he's a man that understands the favor and the grace of God, and he's a man of integrity. He's a man of integrity. And I and I've got to watch him, you know, at home. I've got to watch him, you know, behind the pole. And I'm telling you, he is the same. No matter what environment he's in, travel international with him, it doesn't matter. He's still the same. And it's so honored to, to be able to have that model of a man of integrity. You know, and I said, Lord, I, I want to be that type of man. I want to be that type of man where people can look at me, my children can look at me, and they're saying, you know what, they, if they get to the end of my life and, and on my tombstone or whatever, it reads, you know, a person of integrity. I want people to say about me, you know what, he was the, he was the same he, he was stable. It didn't matter what was going on. This is who he was. And, I, and, and I, I want it to be said, I want your wives to be able to say that about you. I want your children to be able to say that about you. I, I, I want my wife to be able to say that about me. Amen. Integrity. Integrity. You know, and there's areas in my life where, where I, need to, I want to see my level of integrity to, to rise. I haven't arrived yet, and I'm not preaching you to someone that I'm this, this great man of integrity that has no flaws. No, no. I, I, man, I want, I, I, I'm, I'm, per, I'm pursuing Jesus. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. I, I'm following him because I've been called through him, through, through his, I'm, his. He's called me to glory and virtue. It's through his call. Now, man, I want to be like Jesus. How about you? Now, real quick, I'm going to take a little bit more time than I was expecting to, but but let's look at the let's look at integrity for a moment. Go to Psalms twenty-five. Psalms twenty-five. I'm just going to go through some of these, and I might expound on some of them. Talking about integrity. Psalms twenty-five, verse twenty-one says, let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait on thee. It says, let integrity and uprightness preserve me. Let's go to Psalms 41. So integrity, Psalmist is talking there and he says, let my uprightness, let my integrity preserve my life. Save my life. You know, integrity, let me put this, another word for preserve. You if you're if you're on a boat and, and they throw out what a life preserver, right? So look at integrity as a flotation device. Look at integrity as it's my safety net. Meaning if, if I keep if I keep integrity in the position it's in, you know, it's my safety net. Meaning as, I, as long as I'm doing things to the best of my ability in my heart within the confines of integrity, you know what, I'm not going to have to worry about having to cover up after my lies. I'm not going to have to, I'm not going to worry about is someone going to find something out about me. Or No, no. why? Because I have this safety net, has, is preserving me, and it is integrity. Psalms 41, verse 11, actually verse 12 says, And as for me, thou, or you uphold me in my integrity. And as for me, thou upholdest me in my integrity. The Amplified says, and as for me, you have upheld me in my integrity, and you set me in your presence forever. Wow. So, so, what, so now it's not only does, is, is integrity a safety net, but now I see it that God upholds me. God, you know, and I think about how how Jesus, when he stood before the different people that were criticizing him, or or, or you know, even those that you know, in, in Luke chapter four, and he's he just says the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and they said they would go to throw him off their cliff, and what happened? It says he he just conveniently walks through the crowd, and no one touches him. Why? I believe I believe God is upholding him. Was upholding him? Why? Because of integrity. Hallelujah. Let's go to Psalms uh, one hundred one. Psalms 101. Psalms 101 verse 1. It says, I will sing of mercy and loving kindness and justice to you, O Lord, will I sing. Verse 2 says, I will behave myself wisely and give heed to the blameless way. Oh, when will you come to me? I will walk walk within my house in integrity and with a blameless heart. Now get that. I will behave myself wisely and give heed to the blameless way. Oh, when will you come to me? See, he's asking, when will you come to me? And then he's really answering the question. He says, well, really, it doesn't matter. Why? Because I'm going to walk within my house in integrity and with a blameless heart. You know, within my house. He's not talking about in public. In public, I'm going to walk into my integrity. But he says, within my house, I'm going to walk in integrity. Meaning, it's not about what people see me do, but it's about what I decide to do when no one else is looking. So so here, when I'm giving heed to the blameless light, like, what am I doing? I'm going to walk within my house in integrity. Meaning, it doesn't matter who sees me. It doesn't matter where I'm at. I'm going to choose to live this same Way, that's integrity. Hallelujah. Go to Proverbs ten. Two more two more scriptures. Proverbs ten. Verse nine. It says He that walks uprightly walketh surely, but he that perverteth his way shall be known. Amplified says, He who walks uprightly walks securely, but he who takes a crooked way shall be found out and punished. And so here, this aspect of integrity, what it caused me to be secure, it preserves me, it upholds me, it establishes, this, this is, needs to be the foundation of our lives as men. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Father. Not a whole lot of shouts there, but it's all good. Hallelujah. Another aspect of looking at integrity without staying on this too long, is singleness of heart or singleness of mind. What does James say? James tells us, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally, who upbraids not. It says, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, For he that waves is like the waves of the sea tossed to and fro. And it said, for why? A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So here this whole scripture says, let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. So here this aspect of integrity is is a double-minded man is unstable in all my ways. So if I don't have integrity... You know what? Then I'm constantly going to be unstable in all of my ways. I'm going to be unstable in my finances. I'm going to I'm unstable in my relationships. I'm going to be, no, my family is not going to know how to act around me. They're not going to know, is this, is, it, is this this dad or is that that dad? Which one showed up? The wife's going to be like, are you the nice husband? Or are you the angry husband? Are you the, you know, and, and no one's going to know, okay, you know, what's going on. No, but when you are, when you are yeah. single-minded, that's what integrity is, being single-minded. Because when I'm double-minded, I'm unstable in all my ways. Let me close with this. Proverbs twenty. Proverbs twenty. Hallelujah. Proverbs twenty verse seven. It says, the just man walketh in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. Hallelujah. Amplified says, the righteous man walks in his integrity. And the word walketh here in the King James, it it means consistent behavior. It's about behavior. Hallelujah. The righteous man walks consistently in his integrity and blessed are his children after him. Man, so when, when, I, when I add virtue to my faith with all diligence and I add virtue to my faith and I walk in that integrity, it says my children will be blessed. Wow. Man, my children will be blessed. Don't, don't ever say what I do doesn't affect anyone else. Everything you do affects everyone else. You might not be able to see it right now. You might not see it a year from now, five years from now, ten years from now. But everything you do affects someone's life. And here it says that when you walk in your integrity, it says my children will be blessed. I want my children to be blessed. I want my children to be blessed. Hallelujah. You know, it makes me think of, I believe, Deuteronomy 30 where it says I put before you. Life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life so that you and your descendants may live. So my choices affect everything about me. You say, Well, my 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 well, you know, my life doesn't affect this church. Yes, it does, because what if you're not taking your place in this church? What if there's there's another family in this church needs what's on the inside of you? Everything you do affects someone around you. You just might not see it right now, but you will see it. Integrity is what we're to build our lives on. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. And we thank you for the challenge that it brings to our life, our heart, our minds. I thank you, Father, for quickening each one of us. Thank you, Father, for, for the greatness that you see. Thank you for the greatness that you see on the inside of each one of us, Father. And I thank you for integrity manifesting. Thank you for integrity that, that as men, Father, we add to our faith this aspect of integrity. To be everything you called us to be. To accomplish everything that you've called to us, for us to accomplish. And we thank you for it tonight, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen Amen at this time just, just for the next 20 if we, we usually try to finish by about 8:30 but if we could break up in groups of five you know for a moment and I, I want you to uh, get in, get in groups of five or so and uh, and, and the, the leaders there are going to instruct you just in a question and what I want us to do is, is you to discuss you to discuss what are things in life or what are things in life that, that look like integrity or integrity? So we can kind of glean from different people's perspectives. And, and before we close out, there's to be a time for you to pray over one another in your groups. But I want, I want you to take this time. Go ahead and break up in groups about five or six. And, uh, and so go ahead and do that now. And then uh, and we'll do some time for prayer here in a moment. Now, before, uh, while, you're, while you're moving your chairs around, um, there are a couple surprises on, on some chairs, uh, underneath a couple chairs, and so uh, make sure you look under your chair. You might, have a, you might have a gift, or if a chair wasn't filled, maybe, um... no, under the chair, under the chair, it's under the chair. You got one, Danny? There's two of them, so. We got one. Oh, so Danny's going to wing stop. Woo! There's another one. There's another one. Anyone have another one? <laughs> Is there a second one? Oh, okay. All right, Ronnie, you get to go Dairy Queen and get a <laughs> blizzard.
0: Woo! All
1: right, guys, so go ahead and go ahead in your groups. And and just with that question is, what does integrity look like to you? And let's take about let's take about uh, 10, 10, or 15 minutes talking about that. And, and then we'll all pray. So, guys, right before we right before we dismiss, um, don't forget about Thrive Groups this is the third Sunday of the month. Don't forget about if you want to get connected to the church, our next Connect class is this Sunday evening at 4 o'clock, and also uh, Chapter 4, an established heart book by Dr. Savell. And, uh, and then we had to make an adjustment to our men's retreat in October because of uh, something with uh, Planis. Our uh, Miss Carolyn had been asked to speak at the Women's Conference in New Orleans, and so our ladies are going to go to that. Um, and so we're going to have um, our men's retreat on October 26th and 27th. It's going to be in Glen Rose, and um, and the theme will be raising the bar. Um, So, other than that, uh, give give a hand to EMIC guys and uh, Christian Men Network. Thank them for being here. What's that? I think so. I think that's it. But anyway, love you guys. Have a great week. Bring somebody with you next month.